0: Father, we want to thank you for bringing us together here in this place. Even as we have come together to learn about practical ways to live, a lifestyle of prayer, Father, help us that, that we may stay focused, that we may learn from your word, O Lord, and that we may apply it into our life, that we may have a healthy prayer life where we where will be always seeking you at all times. Thank you, Master, for bringing us together. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Welcome to uh, the session again. So today I'm going to share with you on living a lifestyle of prayer. You now, all of us as Christians, all of us as God's children, we we all know uh, prayer is important, right? Whether we like it or not, it's been taught to us from time. We knew you know, how to speak. You know, uh, there are. Uh, by by the time you know, some of parents you know teach us the principles of prayer, so we know it and uh, we grow up. Accept the Lord, and our prayer life skyrockets. You know, for one week, two weeks, we are up on the mountain. <laughs> A couple of weeks later, uh, we are somewhere uh, floating. <laughs> somewhere, you know, our prayer life is just totally goes out of the window. And then we come back again to the Lord saying, Lord, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry for doing this. And then we build our prayer life and then it goes down. So we keep going through these cycles again and again, all over again. Just We start having a great prayer life and then we come down. We go through the cycles and, and though God is gracious, He still takes us back to Him even when we fail. Though God is gracious, many times we feel like, you know, I need to change the way I'm living my life. And I tell you, you know, honestly, this is one of the common questions that I get from a lot of youngsters about, you know, keeping it consistent. It's not about that one day where you feel excited, one day where you feel like, you know, you had an amazing prayer session. But also uh, having that consistently every day. And many times it can be a struggle. And so uh, today what I want to share with you is how can you make prayer your lifestyle? Amen. So, uh... Before I get into the four points that I have, that I'll be sharing with you, I want to say something. Before I talk about building prayer as a lifestyle, I want to share this as an introduction. You see, we have to rethink the way we think about prayer. We have to rethink the way we think about prayer. We have to rethink the way we think about prayer and the Bible reading that we do and the meditation that we do. Because 90% of the time, 90% of the time, what happens is, Prayer and Bible reading, uh, meditation, becomes one of the activities that we do. It becomes one of the activities that we do. So it's, it's part of our daily routine. Now let me tell you something. Because prayer is one of the activities, it is very often easy to miss that activity. It's very often easy to miss that activity when you wake up late in the morning. (laughs) <laughs> when you're, you are know, running late for class, when you have exams, or when you have some very important work, it's very easy to miss this activity called prayer. You may say, okay, you know what? I'll go to class today and then afternoon I'm free. I'll come back and I'm going to spend one hour in prayer. By the time we come back in the afternoon, we won't even be in the mood of praying or in the mode of praying, nothing. It's just, And then we say, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm going to do it in the night. We come back in the night, Time goes in chatting with our friends, talking to them. And so, you know, our days just go by. And so we have to rethink the way we pray. Because 90% of the time, it is an activity. What we have to see prayer and Bible reading is that we have to see that as a lifestyle. We have to see that as a lifestyle. It's the way you live. The word lifestyle, I'm sure you know the meaning. It's a typical way of life of an individual, group, or culture. Nowadays, we, we, you know, some of our friends, when we look at them, we know they have a specific dressing style. They like certain colors. They don't like certain colors. And so there, there, there are ways a person you know, presents themselves, and it's part of their lifestyle. The way they dress up, the way they comb their hair, um, everything that they do it's just part of their you know their own culture you can say a part of their lifestyle so in the same way we have to think of prayer as the way we live our life we have to start thinking of bible reading as the way we live our life so see when you talk about lifestyle when you talk about lifestyle it is something that you naturally do it doesn't have to be forced on you people don't have to push you the pastor doesn't have to tell you, did you pray, did you pray? You know? Lifestyle is something that naturally comes. Like sometimes, you know, you see uh, people the way they talk. It's, it's who they are. It naturally comes to them. Nobody forces them. Okay, so if prayer becomes a rif- lifestyle, then nobody has to force them to pray. When they wake up in the morning, automatically they will start If prayer is a lifestyle, if Bible reading is a lifestyle, then nobody even has to tell you or remind you to pray because you will automatically look forward to the time to spend with the Lord. So that is why I say you know, we have to rethink how we see prayer in our life. Instead of seeing it as an activity, instead of seeing it as one of the tasks for the day, we have to start looking at it as the way we live our life. See, when you see something as a task, our generation is really good at postponing. Where the masters, okay, today I don't feel like it. Maybe tomorrow, <laughs> I, I'll get to that. That is where we miss it most of the time. We see prayer as a task. You've got to stop looking at prayer as a task. You've got to stop looking at uh, prayer or Bible reading as a task. Rather, you have to look at it as a lifestyle. You have to look at it as a lifestyle. It has to become a part of the way we live. With that as an introduction, I want to go into the main part of the text. That is, now now that I've shared with you that we have to make prayer as a lifestyle, so how do we do that? How do we develop prayer as a part of our lifestyle? Any questions so far? Any questions so far? Let me pause here and ask before I go into the four points. What are the common challenges you face when it comes to prayer? What are the common challenges? Can you use the mic, please? Sir. Like, uh, sleeping late uh, causes us to wake up late, mm. which uh, obviously puts things, you know, yeah. we have a re- really less time to go to college. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let me hear from you. It's okay, be honest. What are the common challenges you face? Laziness. Okay, similar to what Dishan said. What else? I tell you, you know, once you get married and then you have a child, time is is one of the greatest gifts that you will ever receive. Time is one of the greatest gifts. You'll be like, oh God, I have some, you know, 10 minutes of free time, I can sit and have nobody around me, I can just sit and have for myself. Uh, It's fun, family is a lot of fun. I really love being a uh, husband and a father, but it does take a lot of time. And the thing is, you've got to learn ways to manage your time effectively today so that you can pray. That Even when you get married, even when one child is born, the second one is born, third one is born, you should still sustain in prayer. You cannot reduce your prayer time. In fact, the thing is this. The more you grow, the more you have to pray. Sometimes we think, okay, the more I've grown, I'm I'm up there with the Lord. No, no, no. All that is, (laughs) you have to pray. The more you grow, the more time you spend in prayer. Uh, You meet senior pastors, senior men of God. They spend a lot of time in praying. You know, when they start their ministry, they'll be involved in a lot of administrative activities like arranging the meetings, you know, getting people to do. But as they grow older, they stay away from all that. They just, you know, they assign people and they go into a room where they sit and pray for hours together. Because they know the higher they grow, the greater they do things, it is more important to spend time in prayer. Okay, so it's very important to develop that habit or a lifestyle of prayer. So let me talk about four things, uh, four ways in which you can develop a lifestyle of prayer. One of the first things that you have to do is this. You've got to one of the first thing is that you have to develop an attitude of prayer. Develop an attitude of prayer. You have to stop thinking about prayer as a gift from God. You have to stop thinking about prayer as a gift only certain people have. Okay? The Bible does not talk about prayer as a gift. It is something that all of us can do and Jesus commands us to do it. He says, be watchful and pray. He does not tell this only for the disciples. It's a command that's in the Gospels that is applicable for all of us, even today so we have to stop thinking about prayer as a gift from God sometimes you know when we go through some crisis we have this one person who prays a lot and we call them and say please pray for me it's it's good to give prayer request I'm not against it it's good it's good to ask people to pray for us but we should not give that as a prayer request to them because they pray better than us that mindset has to break Prayer is not a gift. It's a habit or an attitude that you develop over time. Okay? So there are always times when you can you know, go and tell people to pray. I get this very often. People come to me and say, you know, please pray and let me know what the Lord wants to do. <laughs> One time, two times I do that. third time I'm like, you've got to figure it out. If you want something to happen in your life, you pray. You spend time with the Lord. Okay. So, one of the first things you have to do is you have to develop this attitude of prayer. Let me give you a couple of references. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17. These are clear instructions, commands to pray in scripture. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17. What does it say? Pray without ceasing. This is a verse that we all have to memorize. What is it? Pray without ceasing. Uh, Ephesians chapter six verse eighteen. Ephesians six eighteen. Yes, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. And in Matthew chapter 26 verse 41, Jesus tells his disciples, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. What do we see here? What do we see here in these three passages? If you haven't written them down, let me, uh, I'll give them again. 1 Thessalonians five seventeen. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, Matthew 26, 41. That's the last one. So what do we see here? What do we see here? It's an instruction to pray. You've got to pray, that's all. There's nothing more complex to this. It's a simple command, that is you have to pray. In other words, what the writers of the gospel and what Jesus is saying here is that if we start our day, or if we are going to do something, we have to pray first. If you're going to make a decision, pray. If you're facing any trouble, pray. If you face any challenge, pray. Even if you succeed in anything, pray and thank the Lord. Everything that you do should begin with prayer. That is what the Bible says, pray without ceasing. Don't give breaks, okay, I've prayed enough, I'm going to take a vacation from prayer. Your spiritual life is going to go downhill from there, okay? You've got to be in a mode where you're praying about everything, about every situation, every circumstance, good or bad, you're praying about it all the time. You see, what happens is when we pray without ceasing, slowly we develop this habit to pray, develop this habit to pray. My, my old boss told me once, he said, actions develop into habits. And habits develop your attitude, And your attitude forms your lifestyle. The actions that you do, you know, see, when you face a crisis, you take an action. That is, you pray. When you keep doing that over and over again, that becomes your habit. And when it becomes your habit, eventually it grows into becoming your attitude. And that eventually grows into becoming your lifestyle. See, Paul talks about an attitude of prayer in Philippians 4.6. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. If you're there, I would like to read this verse for you. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. He says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. What does he say? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. He's not saying, do not be anxious, but just, just try prayer. He's not saying, try prayer, or he's not giving prayer as an option. But he's rather saying, in everything, by prayer. In other words, whatever comes in your life, you've got to pray first. It's an attitude that you have to form. That is why, you know, when when as Christians we go through crisis, we are so quick to call other people and tell them what's happening to us. Rather than kneeling our knees down and praying. Why? Because... Our attitude of prayer hasn't developed yet. So Paul is telling, but in everything by prayer. The reason why we often struggle to pray is because prayer is not the attitude of our life. That is why though the Bible says in everything pray, everything do it through prayer, we still struggle to pray. So we see clear command in the scripture to pray, pray, pray. When we act on it, it builds our habit of prayer. And that habit in turn forms our attitude of prayer. And that attitude forms your lifestyle. And that is what Paul is recommending here. And if you look at Paul's life in the prison, I, I, you know, when you read the book of Philippians and read, reach the last chapter, there is one thing that's very obvious. This man was able to go through every one of life's circumstances. He was able to rejoice in every situation. In fact, in Philippians chapter 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And I say again, rejoice. How was he able to stay positive? Because he lived with an attitude of prayer. In everything, he says pray. Because that was his lifestyle. That was the way he lived. So you've got to develop an attitude of prayer. Again, I want you to understand this very clearly. It's not a gift that comes from heaven. It's not something like a special anointing for prayer that you get. It's not something that you receive in a special prayer camp, no. It is something that you develop by daily practice. Something that you develop by daily practice. So as you do it daily, as you do it every day, it'll become a habit and it'll form it into an attitude. So the first thing you have to do to develop prayer into a lifestyle is that you have to develop an attitude of prayer. Any questions so far? Any questions? How many of you think prayer is a gift that only certain people have? How many of you thought so far? not a gift. It's something we have to do. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are different. Prayer is something that all of us can excel in. That's what the Bible says, pray without ceasing. It's not only for the pastors, not only for the apostles, not only for the prophets, it's for everyone. And when we do it, we will form it into an attitude and that in turn will be our lifestyle. Have you seen these old, old uh, grandmas in church? And if you have ever been to a church, there will always be this few grandmas. And you look at them, they will always be in prayer. Even if the service gets over, they will sit in the same place, open a songbook, sing a song. It's like the service is over. But we are more interested in meeting people. But this grandma will just open the songbook, starts singing in a corner and pray. Why? because they've done it over and over again, that it's, it's become a part of their existence. That if they don't pray, they'll feel very uncomfortable. Like for example, you know, from the time you were born, food was given to you. So it's, it's, a part, it's a natural, you know, your body needs it, and it's, it's become part of your life. Like even if nobody gives you anything, you will go and find food for yourself. It's the same way, you know, when prayer develops into a lifestyle, nobody has to tell you anything. Nobody has to even push you to pray, encourage you to pray. You yourself will look for ways to pray. Let me tell you something, you know, Dishan shared this point. Sleeping late in the night and waking up late in the morning, it it, it is that way because prayer hasn't become a lifestyle yet. When prayer is your lifestyle, you know what will happen? You will sleep early so that you can wake up and do this task. When prayer is your lifestyle, what will happen is you'll prioritize that more than anything else. You get what I'm saying? The reason why we often sleep late is because yeah, our priorities are something different. Our you know uh, scrolling up and down has become a lifestyle. Can you imagine? Pointless scrolling, just up and down. Instagram, you know, I'm exploring TikTok right now <laughs> for, for evangelistic purposes. <laughs> that's, that's one of the tools to reach to a lot of our the millennials, you know, the, the 18, the 21, you know. <laughs> I was, I'm exploring TikTok right now. And, you know, the way they've designed the whole app uh, is, is just you have to keep swiping. You don't have to do anything. The video will play for you. Uh, for example, if you're on Facebook, you know, most of you know TikTok. I'm very new to it, I found it very weird. Uh, Facebook, you know, when you're scrolling up, the audio is automatically muted, unless you're unmuted. TikTok just plays at full volume. Uh, just, uh, you just have to keep swiping. And many times, even though we're not paying attention, we just like moving the finger. You know, just like moving the finger. That's become our lifestyle. And that is why we sleep late. When we make the right things our lifestyle, the things that are of any less value will not matter. So when prayer becomes a lifestyle, we'll be like, okay, you know what? I've got to spend time with my God. I'm going to shut down everything and go to sleep so that I can wake up in the morning. But because prayer is not a lifestyle yet, it's just a task for us. It's like a to-do list for the day. Okay, I've got, just got to do it. I don't know what time I do it No, See, when, when it becomes a task, you don't really enjoy prayer. Prayer, I will tell you, is one of the most beautiful experiences. Because think of prayer this way. Prayer is a walk with God. You wake up in the morning, you sit with an attitude of prayer. It's like, you know, you're going for a walk with God in the morning. You're growing in a deeper relationship with him. Having that conversation with him. Just, innovating waiting to hear from him. Just that experience is so amazing, so beautiful. That you don't want to give that place to anything else in your life. But for many of us, what has happened is prayer has become another activity where we have to say a bunch of things and make sure we get, through, get to the end of it, make sure all our requests, all our, you know, everything that we want to say is heard and then we're done, amen. That's all. Prayer is an experience that you can enjoy. When I see men of God, pastors, senior men of God who spend hours in prayer, they just sit in one place for hours together. Hours together and all they say is Jesus. Jesus for us and these men of God get on stage and I tell you, fire comes down <laughs> why? because they're sitting in a, in a place because prayer is this it, it's a time where you enjoy with the Lord you grow in a deeper relationship with Him and then whatever you do for Him is amazing, is wonderful it's, it's a process where you enjoy it, but many times it becomes the last thing we do and somehow we have to do it and get to the exam hall because if i don't pray probably i may not remember you know all these things you know pushes to pray uh, it's it's, prayer becomes a task for us that is why when we go on vacation we don't pray when we are on a holiday when we go home for a vacation or a leave we're like okay uh, back once i'm back to college i'll start praying (laughs) we've got to change that we have to develop that into a lifestyle develop it into an attitude where it naturally flows out of us. Naturally flows out of us. Like, you know, train yourself this way. I'm going to talk about it quickly in the next point. That when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you should say is Jesus. The first thing you should say is, Lord, thank you. Even before you open your eyes. Even before you start swiping. (laughs) Just say, Lord, thank you for this day. So you've got to develop into a lifestyle. Okay, let's go to the second point. The second point is if you want to develop a lifestyle of prayer, the second thing that you have to do is discipline yourself. Discipline yourself. As you form this attitude of prayer, one of the things that you have to bring into this mix is discipline. Discipline. Turn with me to first Timothy chapter four verse seven. First Timothy four seven. Let me read it for you. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. What does it say? First Timothy four seven. What does the last part of the verse say? I'm reading from the NIV version. Uh, in your NKJV or another translation, might be slightly different, but the interpretation of the verse is this: Paul tells Timothy, train yourself to be godly. Let me tell you, spirituality is not a gift that falls from heaven. Salvation is a gift. Spirituality is something that we have to devote time and develop it. And what is Paul telling Timothy, pastor of a church in Ephesus? He's telling Timothy, train yourself to be who? Godly. There's a lot to learn from this one passage I tell you. Uh, you know I would really recommend if you can go home and take this one passage this one phrase train yourself to be godly spend on it for one week I don't know how many of you do this as a practice how many of you spend uh, like a week meditating on one verse how many of you have ever done that how many of you have spent like taking a phrase train yourself spent on it like one month of your time meditating on it have you ever done that that's the kind of meditation you have to do. For example, you know, I'm meditating on Luke chapter 5, uh, verse 11. I spoke in the daily devotion today, uh, where it says, they left everything and followed Jesus. I've been, I've been thinking about that passage for the last six days now. This is a kind of meditation you have to do, okay? I recommend just make it as a practice. Go home. If you're inspired by a verse, take that verse, Because every verse that you read in the Bible is very deep. It's not what you see in the surface and get some meaning out of it, no. Uh, uh, One of my uh, old mentors wrote a 70-page thesis on two words from the Bible in the book of Revelation, on one verse from the book of Revelation. He wrote 70 pages from one verse. If I let you preach today, how much will you preach from one verse? I tell you one sermon will be about four pages. One sermon, four pages. So he took one verse and researched and wrote 70 pages. There's a lot to learn from the Bible. And you know, when Paul says, train yourself to be godly, we have to try to understand what is he trying to talk here? He's talking about living a spiritual life, living a life that is an example to others. And Paul is recommending to Timothy, saying, train yourself. In other words, spirituality is not a gift that falls from heaven, not a gift that you receive when people lay their hands on you, but rather it is something that you train yourself in. Paul says, train yourself to be godly. So in the context of prayer and Bible reading, context of prayer and meditation, one of the things that we have to do is we have to train ourselves to pray. Train ourselves to pray. One of the ways we have to do that is that, uh, I'll explain in simple terms. Uh, But I would like you to go home and meditate on this passage. One of the ways you have to train yourself is this. You have to pray irrespective of how you feel. This is a big training that we need in our personal lives. We have to pray no matter how, how terrible we feel. Let me tell you this. You know, one of the biggest hindrances to your prayer life, to our prayer life is our feeling. Is our feeling. We wake up, if we feel terrible, we won't feel like praying. It's like we, 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 we tell ourselves, the Lord knows the pain that I'm going through. God knows what I'm going through. He'll understand my heart today that I'm not, you know, in the mood to pray. <laughs> it is something we have to get away from. We have to train ourselves to pray irrespective of how we feel. We may have had a terrible day. We may have had a day when people accused us falsely. We may have had a day when, you know, there was a breakup that happened. Something terrible that happened to us. No matter how we feel, we have to pray. No matter how we feel, we still have to pray. Uh, there was a man called Desmond Doss. I don't know if you know him. Have you seen this movie called Hacks Ridge? Hacks Ridge? It's a It's a good movie <laughs> made by Mel Gibson. Uh, Basically, Desmond Doss was a committed Christian and he wouldn't go to war. He was part of the World War II. He wouldn't go to war until he prayed. That was his commitment. And in that movie, you should watch that movie. Very interesting, the way they show it. All the troops are waiting. All the troops are waiting to go to battlefield. And they're like, what are you waiting for? We're waiting for Desmond to finish his prayer. And this man, they, they just, you know, show the scene, he's in a corner standing and praying. Like imagine if, if you were in a battlefield, you'd be like okay, you know what, the, the, the batch of soldiers are fighting there, we have to go, we have to do something, you know, we have to help out. You know, we're always on you know, uh, finishing the task, you know, accomplishing something. But rather this man was like no, no matter what happens first I'm going to pray. First I'm going to spend time in prayer it's see irrespective of what we have to do in our day no matter how busy we are no matter what we have to do we have to train ourselves to pray in other words you know we have to train ourselves to stop listening to our feelings our feelings trick us so many times let me put it this way our feelings take our take us away from god we won't even realize you know By the time we realize we are far away. We have to train ourselves to pray irrespective of how we feel. In other words, I really want you to get this. It doesn't come supernaturally. Being committed to prayer doesn't come because of a special anointing. It comes when you train yourself. Paul says to Timothy, train yourself to be godly. Train yourself to be Godly. In other words, we have to train ourselves to pray irrespective of what happens in our life. Is that clear? Um, any questions? So we have to bring in this discipline of, of prayer. Again, if you go back and talk about those grandmas in church, uh, whether you tell them a good news, they'll praise God. Where something bad happens, they will pray also. How? They've trained themselves to think that way, to prioritize prayer that way. It's important to do that as well. And I can tell you, you know, if, if you all can develop prayer at this age, if you can develop a lifestyle of prayer, uh, there is nothing like it. Nothing like it. Prayer is one of the most beautiful things that you can do. Better than talking to your loved ones. I'm a married man, I can tell you, you no. Know more than talking to my wife, more than spending time with my son, when I spend time with the Lord, it is so beautiful, so amazing. Nothing can even compare to that. And if you look at the life of Enoch, he walked with the Lord for how many years? He walked with the Lord for a very long time. And what happened at the end of his life? He was taken away, he did not taste death. He walked with God for 300 years. Imagine. His life was all about a walk with Jesus, a walk with God. And we have to do that every day in our life. Because when you can do that, I tell you, your life will be so different that when people come to know you, they'll be, you know, be, there's something different about you that I want to know. See, the world is dying. The world, there are so many people that are struggling in our world today. And if we can pray, if we can spend time in prayer, if we can develop this attitude of prayer, what will happen is we will be a generation that will be the hands and feet of Jesus. That when people come to us, we'll be able to give godly counsel. You know, if we don't pray, what happens is we'll give all the the, the normal counsel that we find on YouTube. The motivational, it's all, I tell you, I won't talk much about it. Uh, the, We'll, we'll just give a normal counsel. But when we pray and we, we live in a lifestyle of prayer, when people come to us, we'll give counsel from God's word that will change their lives forever. And I tell you, our generation, our world needs that more than ever. So we have got to develop a lifestyle of prayer. Two more points I have. I'm going to quickly talk about it. The third one is this. If you want to develop a lifestyle of prayer, third one, pursue holiness. Pursue holiness. The Bible gives us a clear command to live a holy life. And uh, Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14, if we can turn to that passage, it says like this, pursue peace with all people and holiness. What is it? Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. You know, if, if there is one thing that can kill your prayer life, If there is one thing that can kill our prayer life, that is sin. Any unholy activity that does not please the Lord is going to stop us from praying. And that is why the Bible says, pursue holiness. Because it is going to help you have a much better relationship with God. Leonard Ravenhill said like this, A sinning man will stop praying and a man who prays will stop sinning. Write this down. A man who sins will not pray and a man who prays will not sin, will stop sinning. So first I spoke about... Okay, please write that down. And what holiness actually does is this you know when we talk about prayer what holiness does is that the more you pursue holiness the more you will be able to sustain in prayer some some sometimes we find difficult to sustain we start off well two days go by three days go by we're still doing well after 5 days it comes downhill and we can look back and see there will be something that triggered the breakdown of prayer. In other words, let me tell you this. If you look back, you'll find this one moment where you got so angry that some colorful words came out of your mouth. Some, some words that you're not supposed to say would have come or some unnecessary thoughts or something, you know, just in the company that we are. We would have done something that did not please God. And that would have been a moment where our prayer life started going downhill. Because the moment sin enters... It's going to stop us from praying. That is, see, the the enemy knows how powerful prayer is. The enemy knows how powerful prayer is. And if there is one thing it will destroy from your life, always, and it is always the first thing that it will destroy, that is prayer. And one of the ways he does that nowadays is to put in excessive thoughts. You'll sit in prayer. Not even 30 seconds will go by. You'll start thinking about your life start thinking about the things you should have done by now and things that you've missed in life and think about your family and then think about this person that person or oh, think of your think about how terrible the department is think about this and that and by the time you go it's like you know half an hour is gone and just thinking the enemy uses that as a tactic so that you cannot pray he targets prayer and he destroys your prayer life that way so when you sit in prayer when you have these unnecessary thoughts going on in your mind Personally, what I do is that I ask God, God, what is the place where I've let these thoughts come in? Is there any place in my life where I've acted in a way that these thoughts are coming into me? And I say, God, if there is anything in me, forgive me. If there is anything sinful in me, forgive me. And I, and I pray this prayer often that David prays. He said, Lord, test my heart. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any sinful way in me. Lead me into way everlasting. In other words, when we sit in prayer, we have to say, okay, if I'm not able to sustain in prayer, if I'm not able to continue this lifestyle of prayer for a long period of time, then maybe there is a sin that has crept into my life. Maybe there is something that is not pleasing the Lord. Work towards it. In other words, just ask the Lord for forgiveness. God will help you overcome that. And so the more you pursue holiness, what it does in turn is that you will be able to sustain in prayer for a longer period of time. You'll be able to sustain in prayer for a a long period of time. So that is why, if you want to develop a lifestyle of prayer, you've got to pursue holiness. Pursue holiness. Any questions? Any thoughts, even if you have, just let me know i want you to learn this and then apply it to your life it's not just you know you came because it's gandhi jayanti uh, <laughs> i want you to take something back because i i can't stress enough how prayer stress how how much prayer is important it is everything i tell you you lose prayer you lose it all okay last point then i'll talk i'll share some reflection fourth one is this if you want to live a lifestyle of prayer, you've got to live a life of surrender. Live a life of surrender. In other words, you know, live a life of surrender means this. When you pray, you have to do it with a focus to fulfill God's will and purpose. Praying is not to get our way around. You know, praying is not so that. God will help us accomplish our dreams. Praying is so that we can accomplish what God has for us. We have to understand that very clearly because you know nowadays Jesus is becoming someone who will help you be successful. Jesus is becoming someone who will help you accomplish your purpose, sorry, accomplish what you have in mind and what you've desired for yourself. Prayer is not about that. Prayer is about you surrendering to God's will. Where do we see that in scripture? Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 to 10. Matthew 6, 9 to 10. How many of you know the Lord's prayer by heart? If you don't know, I'm going to pray for you. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 to 10. What is the... Can somebody say that by heart? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay? The simple meaning of that... First, the second line of the Lord's Prayer is this. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, prayer is a place where you seek God's will to be done. Not your will, God's will. The reason why this is so important is because we have to live with this awareness that God wants me to do something and I can only understand that when I sit in prayer. Do you get it? And when you pray that way, pray the, the way the Bible teaches you, what will happen is when you pray, you will receive results. Many times people have stopped praying, some have even given up on prayer because they prayed, they do not see any result. They prayed but no answer. Absolutely no answer. They are like, okay, I have praying, praying for so long, there is no answer. God is teaching us something here. Jesus is saying, when you pray, he says, this is how you should pray. You see, many a times people take the Lord's prayer and what they do is they see this as a way to recite a prayer. This is a good prayer to recite. But beyond that, the importance of the Lord's prayer is that uh, it, it is a pattern of which we are supposed to pray. It's basically telling us, this is how your prayer should be. And in this, Jesus is teaching us saying your kingdom come and your will be done. In other words, it's about us surrendering to God's will. So when we come to prayer and we develop a lifestyle of prayer, we have to live a life of surrender. We have to say, Lord, let your will be done and let, let me be submissive to that. When we are more about his will and his purpose, I tell you, the prayers that we pray, we will receive an answer for that. And the more we receive an answer, the more we will be motivated to pray. Let me say that again. The more you receive an answer, the more you'll be like, okay, I'm going to pray now. I have this need. I'm going to pray. God provided for that before. I'm going to pray for this one also. When you pray this way, this is the biblical way of praying, saying, Lord, let your will be done. More prayers will be answered. More prayers will be answered. I can tell you a lot of stories. You know, everything you see in church. How many of you have been here before any of this came into existence? You know, Christina has been here. Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, Dishan has been. Yeah, before the sound system, before the stage. Uh, th- there's two big windows there, you know. If you look at the old picture of the church, it looked nothing like this. It was just a all- hall that was uh, looked nothing like this. It was very different. And I tell you one day what happened is, on a, I was praying, saying, God, you know what, I want to seal these two windows. Because it looked awkward, you know, standing here and then there's two big windows and there's another big window there. If you see, we have sealed it off. And one Sunday I was praying before I started the service. I said, God, this is what I want to do for your church. And if it is your will, let it happen. So I conduct the service, I preach. And at the end of the service, I count the offering. I got a quotation for this uh, work. It was about 7,400 rupees. The offering that Sunday was 8,000 rupees, one service. And so immediately that week, I sealed this off, started painting it. When you pray with God's will in mind, when you pray saying, Lord, if it is your will, let this happen. And when it happens, you're like, I'm motivated to pray even more. That is a way to build a lifestyle of prayer. It's not about, okay, God, I want this, I want you to do this, I claim it in Jesus' name. All that stop all of that. Just say, Lord, if it is your will, let it happen. So it is that surrender that we have to develop. This speaker, you know, it is about twenty uh it's thirty-one thirty-two thousand now in the market. When I bought this one, it was cheaper. And I went when I bought this, by the time the demand had gone up and, you know, the prices went up and uh, and so I was, you know, I was trying many ways. I was like, God, I want the speaker and uh, I'm going to try this, try this EMI, that EMI, no cost EMI, you know, all these cashbacks, everything I'm looking at. And, and finally I said one day, God, before this encounter fest happens on February, I want this and if it's your will, let it be done. I just prayed in faith, asked the Lord and surrendered to his will. One of our old church members had come one Sunday and he was standing here and I was you know, playing in the worship and during the worship he was fiddling with his phone. <laughs> he was looking at the speaker fiddling with his phone. At the end of the service he said, Joshua, I want to buy a speaker for you. And like After the end of the service he said, I want to buy a speaker for you. Encounter Fest was happening on a Sunday. Friday evening we received the speaker. You see, when you surrender to God's will and when it happens what happens is that you're motivated to pray even more, even more, even more. And that becomes, you know, there's this, 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 how do do you, see, as people, we need motivation, right? We need some, you know, push. And when we pray according to God's will, we will get that motivation. Even, I I can share stories of the, of the keyboard, (laughs) of the mixer and the power conditioner of, of the drums, the stage, the the floor the the sheet on the stage, everything has a testimony. Everything has a story. And I tell you, all of this happened simply through prayer. Simply through prayer. And more specifically, prayer where you surrendered to God's will, saying, God, if this is your will, let it happen. There there are things that I've prayed for that have taken months to come to fulfillment. Many months. This this TV I would pray and sit in the lines digital. You know, I was like, okay, God, 55. It looks small, maybe 65. Oh, it's too expensive. You know, like, for months I've prayed, for months. And all of a sudden it happened. When you pray and submit to God's will, God does it according to his will. And when that happens, you're like, I want to pray even more than before. And that, in turn, all of that works together to develop a lifestyle of prayer. Many times you are so demotivated in prayer because we are praying according to our desire, according to our wish. I tell you, let me tell you something. If God were to grant everything that you asked for, everything that you desired for, you will live a very terrible life. God will reject some of your prayer requests because He knows what is best for you. He knows what is best for you. If, if God granted everything that I wanted, I would be dead by now. Trust me. Because, because in God's plan, He knows what is best for me. But if I am pursuing what I want, it's going to lead me in a path where it's very destructive for me. And that is why when we come to prayer, see, prayer is a tool to accomplish God's will. Not about our will. Not about, not about our desire. It's a, it's a tool where we say, God, what do you want to do. You do. I'm sur- I've surrendered to that. Just, just, it, it's that attitude we have to develop. And so when we do that, we will see results for the prayer. And the more we see results, the more motivated we'll be. That, in turn, will help us build a strong lifestyle of prayer. And I pray that, that you would apply all these principles that you heard today to develop this lifestyle of prayer. If you can develop it, if you can have this life where it's all about prayer. I tell you, you won't worry about anything that happens. Exams may come, exams may go, results may come, results may go. Money will come, money will go. Provisions may be there, may not be there. What you want, you may not get. Doesn't matter. When you are in prayer, when you're living a lifestyle of prayer, anxiety will be far away from you. Worries will be far away from you. When you're praying, when you're a man or a woman who prays, you will know for sure that God has the best thing in store for you. Amen. And I pray that you will put these principles into practice. So four principles quickly. What are they? First one, develop an attitude of prayer. Second, discipline. Third, pursue holiness. And fourth one, live a life of surrender. So I hope this was uh, beneficial for you. I pray that you will be a generation of people that will pray, that will develop a lifestyle of prayer. Let's close our eyes. Father, we want to thank you for who you are and for helping us, Master, to learn about prayer. And Lord, even as we have heard about living a lifestyle of prayer, help us, Lord, to uh, put all these things into practice, all the four points that we have learned to put them into practice, Lord, that we will build a life that is all about prayer, that in every situation, in everything, We will always keep praying at all times. Help us, Lord. Thank you for bringing us together. Pray that, Lord, that even as we go back to our homes and our hostels, that you would protect us and keep us safe. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.